Welcome back, everyone. And we have another special episode for you today in the Two Compass podcast. We break down the brackets that was just released today. We gave our takes for any Cinderella stories, the winners of each region, and any storylines going into it. So you cannot miss out. Just an FYI, there was a small interference during the podcast, so please bear with us. Thank you, everyone, for the support. And don't forget, we have the Two Compass bracket challenge, free entry, and there's some prizes going along the way. So please enter, and we have until Friday to make your selections. Happy bracket picking. But first, know it all, bring that nasty beat back around. Alright, we are back. Another exciting day. A very exciting day. Actually, I have to bring extra energy because honestly, this is probably the most excited I've been in such a long time. We finally have March Madness back. Um, they're full steam ahead. There's a lot of regulations going in if the teams don't make it, but we talk about that soon. But honestly, I'm super excited, and I have two other huge fancy, uh, not fancy, college basketball uh, supporters, and that's Liam and Andres. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. <laughs> I am doing fantastic. We watched the selection show together um, yes, as much we as we could, and we are super excited, and I can't wait to give you the insight on my my thinking for this tournament and i think everyone's extra extra excited just because we never had um we've waited a while since last year we didn't have it so i think yeah. the it's been building up so i'm mean, just excited that we can have this role in this year for sure for sure liam how about you oh super excited selection sunday's awesome um unfortunately uh it stings a little bit kentucky got snubbed by the committee i guess <laughs> they don't value wins over tournament teams at tennessee wins blow blow out florida uh i guess the committee just doesn't value that kind of stuff it's tough to see but uh we'll move on <laughs> from that and uh that snub and uh yeah i guess you guys you guys got your teams in there so i'll just shift my attention to cheering against kansas and baylor that's fair honestly but did you ever have to shift that attention because it was always there i feel i don't think that attention was uh, ever no i know but i meant my primary attention would be cheering for kentucky like 100 percent, 99 percent against kansas baylor now right 100 percent right. against but baylor. rumor rumor has it out there liam that um you have a lot of backup teams <laughs> later on the yeah those are those will remain rumors forever I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. But yeah, so we we're, br- we're bringing you guys a surprise pod. It's definitely, definitely a lot different from what we're usually doing on, on uh, where we record Sundays. And we're going to uh, bring them out Tuesday. And But this time, we're just going to get it out right now and put it out for you guys right away. So you guys have an idea in terms of our, our bracket selections, any kind of advice you guys need to take. Probably just whatever we say, just do the opposite is what I recommend. But you guys will have some sort of information, which is amazing for, um, for everyone. And we have a special treat for you guys. I'm sure a lot of you must have known from our IG page, but we are doing a two compas uh, bracket challenge, which is obviously going to be the first year we do it as we just started the pod. But we want to do it year after year and then just going to get bigger and bigger. Um, Andre, if you want to tell, tell the listeners a little bit of the prizes that they're expecting, uh, we'll announce it on this pod because I think they know one part of it, but they don't know the other part. Yeah, so we have an exciting um, collaboration with Jed North, which is like a fitness apparel company who also has a good array of lifestyle um, collections on their website. And I don't know, it's just it's going to be great to have something that um, our fans and followers can kind of um, look forward to a hundred dollar gift card to a, a brand that um, we use and where we, ha- we back up highly. So it's going to be exciting. And I think we're going to get further news 
throughout the week, seeing what other prizes we, we have. But that's going to be our main prize, $100 gift card for the winner of our bracket challenge. Yes, yes. And we're hoping, like Andre said, to have um, some following prizes for just random uh, participants in our bracket challenge. So you don't only have to win to win. Um, but just playing it in, in itself and just feeling the rush of March Madness is probably a win in itself. You don't need any prizes for that. But we, we added a little sprinkle, a nice bonus to uh to the experience as well yeah. so and it's free entries so exactly free entry what else can you ask for um but yeah so that's what our surprise for you we're all really super excited to put this together for you guys and i honestly cannot wait we already have 20 entries as we're recording right now 21 maybe um and it's just gonna get bigger and bigger where our goal is to try to hit 50 so hope we hit that but if not more um yeah and i'm just super excited to play alongside you guys um you'll notice our names will be um our first names and then two compas and then, so you guys can keep track of our actual brackets. And so you guys won't know, have to look for our names. If you want to see what we picked, you guys will probably be beating us, but yeah. we might be at the bottom of the leaderboard. We'll see. Hopefully not. Or else we're going to have to get you guys running the pod instead of us. We'll see. But um, yeah, super excited. But now that the bracket's out uh, and we're doing this podcast because of that reason, we're going to go through the whole bracket um, region by region. And you know what? Just see who we like, who we don't like. Our first reactions to how the committee seated uh, each team, who was snubbed, who got in, and just pl- plenty of other things. And I cannot wait to dive into this because I know while the selection was going on, we were kind of talking. And there were some things that we were surprised about. Some um, automatic, oh, that's an upset, that's an upset. So we can't wait to talk to you guys about it. And uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, I guess, um, Liam and Andre, if you guys just want to in- introduce kind of the policy that's going to happen. Because obviously this year is a lot bigger a lot, sorry, a lot different than, than uh, previous years because of COVID. Um, what, what, what did the committee say about um, the teams that if there is a last uh, minute omission due to COVID, um, who's going to be replacing them? What's the guidelines? What date do they have to announce until and so on and so forth? Uh, Liam or Andres, you guys could take this yeah, one. Yeah, so this, this, that's a fun one. They're not just the first four out, the teams that just missed out. They're, they're on standby list. How exciting is that? Uh, Louisville <laughs> fans, don't be sad. You guys Everyone are on loves standby. standby list, right? You're not first four out, you guys are on standby. So yeah, if a team is uh, test positive over the, I guess there needs to be seven straight days of negative tests, which is already underway, obviously, because the tournament is five days away. Uh, and if a team isn't <laughs> able to, or has to pull out for whatever reason, obviously due to COVID, then uh, yeah, the, the next teams are on standby. If it's one of the mid-majors, if it's a team that, if it's an at-large team that has to pull out, then it'll be Louisville followed by I think it was Colorado State on there, and those uh, St. Louis. And then uh, St. Louis, yeah. yeah. And then the, who's the last one? Do you remember? Um, um, I'm not sure. I think it was Colorado. It was Colorado State. In? Colorado, Colorado State was Colorado second State. one. St. Louis third, and then it was slipping my mind. But anyways, they don't continue while we're there looking it up. If it is a a team that pit uh that got an automatic bid, um. By winning their conference tournament then they'll be replaced by a team from that conference and not a bubble team it was um, Ole Miss on the standby list Ole Miss, yeah, Ole there Miss. You go. Yeah, yeah. there's the fourth team on standby um but yeah so I, I kind of like that because you know say for example I don't know Appalachian State I'm looking at their name if they have to pull out then it'll it won't just be a Louisville it'll be a team from their conference so it's nice to have all the conferences still be represented yeah, for sure. And um, so that's that's kind of the, the caveat, or not, can not even caveat, but that's kind of the backup plan for the committee, uh, which I think is pretty good. Um, give the teams a chance anyways. It doesn't seem like any team will pull out because as the restrictions yeah. imply, you just need at least five players to play. 
So that's, and you don't even need a coach. You literally just need five players. So a lot of teams are probably going to do the most they can to be able to get into it. And I don't imagine any team backing it, but hey, you never know with um, what's happening, right? So yeah, that's kind of just want to let you guys know in case you guys have been hearing rumblings of these uh, teams that possibly can get in as well. Uh, I just want to give you guys an update on that. So we want to start off with the West region. So this was a, the, 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 the four one seeds um, are distributed between four regions. Um, in traditional college basketball, March Madness, um, the tournament is held in four different regions. So one is West, South, uh, Midwest, and East across the United States. Um, and in the, these four regions, um, there's seeded one to 16 each. Um, they announced the four one seeds. Um, at, well, they announced the regions as you go, but the four one seeds were Gonzaga, which is the f- number one seed overall in the tournament. Then it goes Baylor. Then it goes uh, Michigan and Illinois. So those are the four one seeds. And the, so when we're starting with the West, the Gonzaga, the overall one seed, was chosen in the West by the committee as the overall best team in the tournament. So they got the one seed in the West. And then we'll go through the list and we'll let, we'll let you guys know basically what we think. So Andres, you, you want to read off the, the West? You can go ahead. Just give, give us the matchups, a little preview of each one um, quickly, and then we'll go through what we think of each matchup. So at one in sixteen, we got Gonzaga, and they're playing a playing game for the sixteen uh, seed. That's going to happen on Thursday. And then you got Oklahoma, Missouri, eight nine, Creighton, UCSB as five twelve, Virginia and Ohio at four thirteen, USC, and the winner of Wichita State and Drake at six and eleven. Um, then you got Kansas versus East Washington, and at three and fourteen, Oregon. And VCU at seven and ten, and then Iowa versus Grand Canyon at two and fifteen. Awesome. So, so what what like popped out to you right away, Andres, in in the West region here? What popped out right away for me was that the playing game actually was the first thing that popped out to me. That I think the Wichita State Drake game is going to be a hell of a matchup. Um, they were predicting Drake was going to be automatically in for most analysts. Um, they were hoping that they won that finals against Loyola Chicago then that would have guaranteed them in and Lalo Chicago would have been guaranteed in just due to their resume. So they don't have two from their conference, but at least they're playing in, which is good. But Wichita State is no joke either. And I think that whatever team is going to win there will test USC pretty, pretty well. So I think that's that's the game that stood out for me the most when I was looking at the bracket. Yeah. How about, how about you, Liam? What, what stood out for you the most in this uh, in this region? What stood out for me was an easy ride for Kansas to the Sweet 16. Like I said, I was focusing on Kansas and Baylor, and I I think Kansas has a nice easy ride there. Eastern Washington shouldn't be too much trouble. And then I think a six seed, a USC is a six seed, I think is weak compared to some of the other seeds. Like if you consider UConn's a seven seed, I think they're in a different region. They're way better than USC. And then Drake, Wichita State. Don't really have too much confidence in them. I do agree, Dre. This this game, the 11-6, will be pretty good. Um, but I think those are. I think it's a lot of pretenders in this uh, in this region, to be honest with you. And I think uh, I think Gonzaga as the number one overall seed got a got a pretty good shakedown. Even like Missouri, Oklahoma, those are not eight nine seeds that I'm very scared about. Um, very yeah. scared of so. I think there's a lot of pretenders in this region, to be honest with you. And uh, I think Kansas has a decent shot to to go Sweet 16, maybe even Elite Eight, maybe even Final Four, Dre. So, um, yeah, depending yeah. on the health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, honestly, like my my takeaway from this region is there wasn't really. There's not going to be many surprises. I feel in this one. Um, 
I think uh, maybe like the Ohio Virginia game will be really close, but I don't think it'll be an upset. Um, I think Gonzaga, my takeaway from this region was basically just Gonzaga has a pretty easy ride. Um, if I'm going to be blunt to a, a final four here. Um, I think they, they play the winner of Oklahoma, Missouri. Nothing scares you there. Um, you, they play maybe the eventual winner between Crane, Virginia, Ohio. Um, I don't think that scares you there because Gonzaga has already beaten Virginia, walloped them. Um, then they'll play the eventual winner be- between maybe Kansas and Iowa, which either one, they wallop both of them already in the in regular season. So in the preseason. So I just don't think, I think Gonzaga has a pretty, um, a pretty set to be able to make a final four appearance. And that's just like my kind of first reaction to um, this bracket compared to other like one seeds. And it's not just because they're purely good. Um, and they're obviously the unanimous number one. I just think that it's just the, just the matchups that they could possibly face. I don't think it's going to cause them that much of an issue in my opinion. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so I, know, I think this region Every region's fun to yeah. see how it's going to shake yeah, out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. isn't the and most eye ne- popping. Yeah, no, and you never know. Like it is March Madness. It's one game, yeah. one game and done. So yeah, yeah. watch Gonzaga uh, lose in the first round. I don't know. UC Santa yeah. Barbara makes a run. You know, something crazy. <laughs> uh, UC Santa VCU, <laughs> old VCU uh, uh, madness. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at that matchup as well. Yeah, th- those are interesting. That's an interesting one. For the but that's what I'm saying. Like for the most part, a high seed, low seed. I don't really see that much potential for an upset. Like I don't think Creighton's gonna get upset by UCSB. Um, I know they were playing their best basketball, but I don't think they're gonna. They're really in shape for an upset. Um, I think the eight nine. I like Oklahoma there just from like the first um first impression. So I don't really see. I still like USC over Wichita or Drake. Um, I don't think I think Wichita had a really easy schedule um, this season, and they didn't really have any quality wins other than, um, I believe, like Houston once and uh, one other team when they were ranked. So I don't believe Wichita is really that much of a threat either. They were actually by a lot of analysts projected to be out this tournament, and they made it in. So um, I just don't see that much potential for a huge upset anywhere or like a team to make a long run. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm going towards Oregon. Maybe um, if they if they could go to like maybe a Sweet Sixteen. But I don't see them going any farther than um, if they have to play Kansas. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I was thinking of like Oklahoma. I know they had a rocky last two weeks before um, the, the selection Sunday. But I don't know. I still have faith in Austin Reeves and um, and Long Kruger over there in Oklahoma. They, I think they can make a splash at Gonzaga. I, I, that, yeah. I had them as a sleeper for mine. To make like if they beat Gonzaga, I think it's their it's their region to lose at that point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like out of all the matchups that I'm seeing in terms of eight seeds right now, I think I think Oklahoma's the strongest. I know they've been playing not the greatest basketball of late, but I mean Oklahoma State kind of is is, re- is red hot and like two other three or two out of three matchups against them um, were the, near the last two weeks when they were hot. So I don't know. I, that's what that's why I had my sleeper on that in, in that region. Fair. How about you, Liam? What, what what kind of is there anything like maybe sleeper wise that stood out to you, or maybe like upsets that stood out to you in this region? My my final four sleeper for this one is Oregon. Um, I know the Ducks have got a bit of a pedigree in the tournament lately, going a little bit deeper than than they probably should. I think they're at, at ease when they're a bit of a lower seed, and the pressure's off a little bit. They uh, they lost to an Oregon State team that's uh, on a run, ran through the Pac-12. I think VCU is a pretty easy first round matchup and I don't know about as easy as a seven and 10 can be. 
And honestly, I, obviously I was good, but I think their defense is there to be, is there for the taking a little bit. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's tough to bet against Garzilla, but uh, Wies camp and all the boys, but um, I don't know. I don't mind a good seven, two upset. And uh, from there, Kansas awful offensively. So uh, I'm going to go Oregon as my final four sleeper. My upset watch in the first mm-hmm. round is Ohio over Virginia. Virginia, we didn't even get to see them at the uh, at the ACC tournament. They didn't finish the season off too, too hot. Uh, they're not the greatest offensive team. Ohio is a fun team. They uh, went on a run a few years ago. Um, yeah, out of the MAC, the Bobcats, I think, could be your, uh, your 13 over four. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely... I don't know. If, I don't know if I agree with you, but it's definitely something that, uh, like I, I kind of said, is it's a little bit dangerous. I like Ohio. I would have liked them probably over other four seeds. Um, I don't know if I like them over Virginia, but I definitely like Ohio as a team. Um, so yeah. But if I were to say one team that could give Gonzaga a go, I know Andre said Oklahoma could could give them a go. I think if there's one team in this region that could, I think it would be actually would be Virginia, um, because um, against against a really really good team like Gonzaga, you need I feel like you need qualities like not turning the ball over. Um, you need players who can turn up instantly. So I think Virginia has that in Sam Hauser and Jay Huff, who literally could turn on in a flash. Um, Sam Hauser, one of the best players in the ACC. So I think um, they're pretty responsible with the basketball. And I think if there's any formula to beat Gonzaga, if there is, it would be Virginia if they get there. Um, but we'd have to we'd have to see about that one. So like we said, it's not these is probably not going to happen. But these are like what we can suggest to if you want to change up your bracket, because at the end of the day, it's going to be the, the differences in each other's brackets rather than the guarantees that are going to make the difference. I feel in a lot of people's uh, brackets that they fill out. So yeah, I agree. Um, with, with that being said, um, who's kind of your, who would be your final four pick in this region? Uh, we'll start with you, Andres. I think we all kind of mentioned it in one capacity or another, but Gonzaga was for me. Um, yeah. Like I said, that Oklahoma-Gonzaga game will be like where my sleeper pick came in. Um, but I still think, uh, realistically, Gonzaga has a better team overall in the nation, in my opinion. And um, they made my Final Four for that region. Yeah, yeah. how about you, Liam? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go Gonzaga. I think they're a powerhouse. Um, Gonzaga is the favorite. Oregon is my sleeper pick. Um yeah, those are the two that I'll be uh, I'll be watching um, intently in this region. Also, it'd be fun to uh, to watch Evan Mowgli. I love keeping an eye on the draft prospects, and uh, he's definitely up there. Yeah. Him, Suggs, two uh, two big draft guys in this region. Suggs, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, so yeah, Evan Mowgli is definitely one to watch out for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Gonzaga too. I already talked about them, so there would be my pick to the final four. Uh, but yeah, like you said, there's gonna be a lot of interesting matchups. I personally think there's not going to be too much intrigue in terms of upsets, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, now let's move on to the southern, the south region, did which is my a, favorite, only because sleeper Dan. Did you give us a sleeper up there? Oh, a sleeper, uh, a sleeper. I would have to go with Oregon. I kind of mentioned it before okay. Um, okay. that they're they're the ones that kind of could go to the Sweet Sixteen. I don't have them winning in my initial bracket over Kansas, but I do have them beating uh, VCU, which is could be a lot of people might think of potential upset because VCU is kind of known for that. But I have them going through, powering through to Iowa as well, and I have them going to Kansas but losing um, to a good a good Kansas team. So uh, they would be like my kind of my run 
for one of my teams. So, um, yeah. I don't have any surprises in the Elite Eight, um, but I do have a surprise to the Sweet 16. So, um, and, and in the South region, which is one of my favorites, um, mostly we all know why, because Baylor's number one seed, first number one seed in the program history. A uh, round of applause. Round of applause. I know. Thank you. Um, so, um, so now we have, um, I'll kind of, I'll lay out the, the matchups in this bracket. We have Baylor is one seed versus 16 Hartford, North Carolina eight versus Wisconsin nine. Villanova 5 versus Winthrop 12. Purdue 4 uh, versus North Texas 13. Texas Tech 6 versus Utah State 11. Arkansas 3 versus Colgate 14. Uh, Florida 7 versus Virginia Tech 10. Uh, and, Ohio, and Ohio State 2 versus Oral Roberts 15. So, Liam, what's kind of your first initial reactions of this region? My first, this is an exciting region. This is upset city waiting to happen in this region. I think this is where uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I think this is where we see some double-digit seeds uh, win in their first-round games. Uh, I like a couple of them. Um, yeah, uh, we also got Baylor. I like the as a guy who's going to be cheering against Baylor. I like the potential eight and nine matchup. Can you imagine how much uh, how much you'd be hearing it from Austin if Wisconsin? This awful Wisconsin team knocked off Baylor. That's something to watch out for. North Carolina's <laughs> at the right time, I think. Um, Villanova Winthrop should be a good one. I think that's upset potential. Purdue, I think, is probably not on upset watch. Neither is Texas Tech. But Arkansas could be. Florida could be. And even Ohio State could be. So I'm. Uh, this is going to be my. Uh, this is going to be my matchup region on my bracket for sure. Interesting. How about, how, about, how about you, Anders? What, what are you thinking? Your first first reaction? Uh, what, I was like thinking a little bit of the same as, as Liam as well. I wouldn't go as far as um, saying uh, a one seed potential upset here, but I would say there is a lot of high seeds I think that you could easily pick and no one would bat an eye. Um, I guess I'll just... So my first one I was really looking at, obviously, is going to be North Carolina, Wisconsin. I think that's going to determine um, what, for most people, I think, if it'll be an upset or not. Because I think a lot of people are really high on UNC right now, which I am as well. So if UNC goes through, I can put, that's going to be a, like UNC Baylor is going to be great to watch. Wisconsin, I have less faith in. I watched a couple games of late from them, and they just don't have the offensive fire, firepower thing to keep up with Baylor, even UNC at that matter. Um, so that's definitely my marquee matchup that I was looking at. But I'm following suit with what with, with Liam's saying. Um, a lot of potential double digit seeds could, could move on here. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with with, with you guys' uh, take there. I don't definitely not with the Baylor. I don't think there's any danger for Baylor um, up until maybe we get to Elite Eight. Um, Man, I don't. I, I don't know. If, I don't know. No, no, this is my this is my honest opinion. I think. Uh, sorry, I got some interruption there. Um, I think for the most part, uh, a lot of people are putting a lot of stake in North Carolina because of recency bias of what they see they saw in the tournament. Um, North Carolina is a very inconsistent team, as you saw throughout the season. A lot of ups and downs, and their majority of their players are all freshmen. If I don't, um, if I'm correct, yeah. like, unless I'm wrong, their guard, their guard, their backwards are a lot of freshmen. I think I think that's up. a recipe, and that's a recipe for disaster because they give up they give up a lot of turnovers. And against one of the best defenses in the country with two elite defenders and Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell, I don't think like no matter who you are, I think they're just gonna. They're just gonna like clamp them up and basically invite them to make any turnovers possible. And when you have like 
basically the best, the most elite core of guards in the country, I don't think you have a chance of losing against a North Carolina, no matter how really hot you are. Yeah, like, but like, you got you got thinking like Roy Roy. Will, this isn't Roy Williams' first first rodeo here. I'm sure he's prepping he's prepping his his team pretty nicely after if they, if they do beat Wisconsin. I'm saying um, for that Baylor matchup, and I don't think it's going to be as easy as you think it is. Is all I'm saying. I just I just don't think there's a worry of of a of a one seed. Um, I don't think it's as easy as a one seed being upset to uh, by an eight seed. I don't think that's going really to happen. Um, so, but yeah, who knows. I think Baylor's, like I said, probably the only a challenge might be uh, like Ohio State or something or Texas Tech coming through. That, but that's just my opinion. Um, I think if there was going to be double-digit upsets, it would be um, maybe you could see a Winthrop of Villanova with Villanova's best player being out or maybe like a Utah State. Uh, actually, no, sorry, not Utah State. Um, like a Colgate over Arkansas. I think that's a very, a very, very sneaky one. Um, I, think, I think Colgate has... It's one of the best shooting teams in the country for the three. And I definitely think that's something that could be pretty dangerous for, um, for uh, Arkansas. So I think, and who, who's their best player on the team? There was one who's really good. I have it written down here somewhere. Um, okay, which team? That's the name on, on Colgate. Oh, Jordan Burns. He, he, the, guy, the guy can shoot. And I think he could definitely be someone who um, can scare Arkansas a little bit. If I, if I had to be a little... Um, a little impulsive and pick someone, I'd probably do that Colgate maybe over Arkansas and then have that Texas Tech because I, I, re- I really like Texas Tech. So I maybe have that Texas Tech uh, going through anyways. So if I want to risk that a little bit, go there. I think Virginia Tech, I really like over Florida. And then like, yeah, Oral Roberts maybe over Ohio State. I doubt it. I don't have that at all. Um, but I definitely <laughs> think those, those, those three, the Winthrop, the um, Colgate and the Virginia Tech are definitely double seeds to look out for as like a potential upset in the first round. Got the Raiders going against each other. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's like kind of my, my first take. Um, uh, the marquee matchup would definitely, my marquee match would definitely be North Carolina, Wisconsin. That's going to be a really good game. Two storied, um, uh, basketball programs going against each other. Um, but it'll be definitely, that'll definitely be an exciting one to watch for sure. Um, and then I have Baylor as my final four selection in this region. How about you, Liam? Um, so uh, you already kind of touched on Arkansas Colgate. I wanted to touch on that one a little bit too, because, uh, obviously, uh, listener, loyal listener and loyal fan, Reed Dybert is a big Arkansas Mm -hmm. fan. And I just want to read this text exchange that we had watching selection Sunday there. He just said Mm -hmm. Arkansas versus Colgate. And I said, could be scary with the eyes. And he says, I know nothing about them. I said, they're named after a toothpaste. That's all I know. And then he (laughs) laughed. And then an hour later, unprompted text me. Colgate is nuts. <laughs> I'm like, why? <laughs> this guy was on an hour binge of Colgate homework, highlights. Yeah. yeah. He, says, he says second best scoring offense in Division One, top ten in turnovers, uh, top ten in field goal percentage, and the best three point field goal defense in all yeah. against Double A. So there's yeah. some stats, uh, courtesy Since... of a worried Arkansas fan, Reed Diver. So. <laughs> I think it's dangerous. Then, man. Shout, shout out to my, shout out to my boy Hunter. Uh, who attended Colgate on a hockey scholarship. Yeah, I know he's going to be re- uh, reading it for them for sure. So we'll definitely have a Colgate fan out there somewhere. Reed's in, that, Reed's in a rabbit hole right now. You yeah. know, he's not, he's not fa- taking his eyes off that screen until he finds one bit of good news. Yeah. Um, but no, Maya, I like that upset, but I'm going to shout out Oral Roberts as a 15 seed potential upset here. Their guard, Max Abmus, is the leading scorer in Division One basketball. Yeah, so, I saw that too. That a high-scoring guard 
who's an upperclassman, there's your uh, there's your upset potential right there. And Owen Robertson picking up some heat too. I, yeah, I can see, honestly, I can see it. Ohio and, State. Um, so, sorry, Dre. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna piggyback off what you said, but you finish first, and then I'm gonna say what what okay. I have for my upsets and stuff. Ohio State, uh, obviously on a good run. Um, they had a really, really nice, nice run through the tournament there, and almost upset Illinois in the final. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, they were looking bad. I think they had lost what yeah. four in a row coming into the tournament. Yeah, I was a little surprised to see them as a two seed. I think they're the most vulnerable two. I think Oral Roberts is the is the is the best fifteen seed. So um, I don't know when's the last fifteen over two that we saw. Was it Michigan State that lost as a two seed that one year? Yeah, I think so. Florida yeah, Gulf. Coast, Ohio, Ohio, that was with, uh, <laughs> that was with Miles Bridges, I think too. Was that year? Oh, I'm not sure if Bridges was there yet. I know Bryn Forbes was, and uh, who else would have been on that? Oh, and Denzel uh, Valentine. Not maybe on the, or, or oh, about, that. That was uh, long ago. The Denzel Michigan Valentine. State team. Yeah, that then they were a two seed yeah. that lost. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you go ahead, Dre. I want to hear what you got on upsets. Um. Yeah. So I have the. I don't have the upset that you. I. I think we're alluding to for the one seed, like I mentioned before. Um, but I do actually, I'm, I'm kind of picking a streaky team, I think, that can make a splash. Because just to piggyback off your Oral Roberts, Ohio State, I might just go ahead and pick Oral Roberts to win. Just because I think Florida is kind of a streaky, but like a team that can borderline hit you on to the elite date. Because like if, if Arkansas gets upsetted and Oral Roberts or Ohio State does, it kind of leaves Florida with a good path to the elite date. Um, and I kind of have Texas. It would be a Texas Tech Florida matchup in the in the Sweet 16. Um, so uh, that's my, my that's kind of my upset uh, sleeper for for this for this region. I'm at Florida, Florida nice. in, yeah. And nice. I, I know they are streaky, but they also have a purpose with Keontae Johnson out for the season. And I know he's probably going to be there rooting with them along the way. So and I like Florida up parts in the SEC. Um, conference play. They obviously were up and down. They beat Tennessee, and then they lost a couple of bad games, and then they would beat a ranked team. So they're up and down. But someone, something, someone like that in March can scare can scare you. So I'm going with Florida for my sleeper, and then um, yeah, for my upset matchup, I was going with the Colgate as well and the Oil Roberts. So I already mentioned those two, and then the marquee matchup I had um, North Carolina, Wisconsin, and I'll be there my final four. Yeah. So Liam, who did you have in your final four? Because you have Baylor upset in the second round of 32. Uh, in my final four here, I've got Texas Tech. So a bit of a stretch there. Interesting. Um, but yeah, nice. I think they uh tough conference, Big 12. Um, and they played pretty much every team good in that conference, pretty much every team close. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking Baylor goes out early and uh Again, with a lot of upsets in this round and this uh, in this region, potentially, I think Texas Tech might have kind of similar to how you were just talking about Florida there, Dre. I think Texas Tech might have a bit of a clear path. And uh, yeah, I think either or, either one of those teams. And honestly, I'm looking at Winthrop too, man. I'm like, I think they can make it to at least a three sixteen. To be honest, like if they're playing, I think they can match it to Baylor if they can take down Villanova. I think they have the potential to take down Purdue as well. That's my marquee matchup is Villanova Winthrop. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. uh, I think Winthrop only has one loss on the season. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how Villanova comes out without some of their star players. 
Yeah. And watch Jay Wright just prove us wrong like once again. Could be. And they just like sweep through this through this region. <laughs> I wouldn't honestly I wouldn't put it past the Villanova to do that. That would that would be incredible. That would be definitely one of his greatest feats. <laughs> Even maybe more challenging than winning a tournament. Not having your best player. Uh, being a five seed going through making the final four. Yeah. Definitely would be well, one of the best players. players. I think Earl's Anthony's are probably the best player, but yeah. Debatable. I mean, he the, the, the a player that has been up for um, Robinson Earl. Sorry, not Anthony. Robinson Earl. Um, a, a player who's been up for like Nate Smith Player of the Year as a candidate. So definitely hurts your team for sure. Um, I think okay. So now we'll just move move down to the East uh, region. Um, Liam, I don't know if you want to shut this out. See, just tell us what the matchup is, and then give us your first uh, reaction to who you think. Um, we'll go through any upsets or anything like that from your first yeah. glance. I'm glad you called on me because I thought Dre was doing a pretty bad job of introducing. I'm going to give my my Greg Gumbel uh, <laughs> best uh, you know. Okay, I want to see it. And I number one, the Fighting Illini of Illinois have not been a one seed <laughs> oh, for a while. Wait, wait, wait. That, that's a that's a Midwest. That's at the East. Oh, good job, good job, Greg. <laughs> good job, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Good job, Greg. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, the Wolverines of Michigan <laughs> this season. Uh, they'll be going up against 16 seed. Mount St. Mary's, Texas Southern in a play-in game. Um, the number eight LSU Tigers and the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. St. Bonaventure made a lot of noise in the uh, in the A-10 this year, so <laughs> keep an eye on them. LSU could be playing for Coach Will Wade, who is uh, suspended or, I don't know, whatever happened with Will Wade. He was in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Hoyas, Patrick Ewing's Georgetown Hoyas made a run through the Big East tournament. They get drawn against number five seed Colorado in a potential upset. Florida State, strong team all year, playing against the perennial powerhouse out of, you'll have to help me out with that conference. Don't remember it off the top of my head, but UNC Greensboro is always a powerhouse in it. That's what you know. <laughs> the SoCon. SoCon. So they're, so they're con for you, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Clark. <laughs> um, number six, BYU Cougars, possibly a little overseeded, playing against, and this is a great uh, first four in matchup Michigan State, UCLA, two of college basketball's blue bloods, playing for a spot against BYU. Uh, Texas, fresh off a Big 12 title win, playing against Abilene Christian. Kentucky played them two years ago. That's what I know about them. Uh, UConn, Huskies. One of March's darlings playing against a number 10 Maryland team that was on the bubble a little bit, but they sneak into the 10 seed and we'll finish off with Alabama fresh off an SEC title win playing against Rick Patino, Rick Patino's Iona Gales as a fifth. Yes, he's seed. back. Be a fun one. He's back. He is back. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like this region too. This is a, a long way. I'm, I'm going to give you props, Liam. That was very, that was, very yeah. good. That yeah. was very entertaining. Forgot about that. Uh, other than that minor hiccup in the beginning, but we'll look past it. Yeah. And you reset, that was pretty, you reset it pretty pretty nicely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what's, like this what's your first look? This is a fun, this is a fun region, almost as fun as the last one. Uh LSU St. Bonaventure is gonna be a fun game. I love watching LSU games, always high scoring. Uh play a lot of don't play too too much defense, but uh they play a lot of good uh offensive basketball, I guess. Georgetown, Colorado could be your patented 12 over five. Uh, I like that. Florida State definitely has uh, has the pedigree to, to make a run in this in this tournament. I think they could be uh, they're a four seed that I'm pretty confident in. 
Uh, I was shocked that BYU is a six seed. I don't think they're, they're very strong. I think Michigan State or UCLA, whoever comes out of that, will have a good chance of winning. Um, Texas, strong, strong three seed. This is a really good region. Alabama, possibly the strongest two seed. Rick Pitino, Iona is going to be a storyline in itself. And UConn is a is going to be a popular Final Four sleeper. So I think there's a lot of good teams in this region. Yeah, it's a good Michigan's region. definitely yeah. got to work that out for them. For sure. I definitely think this is the the most entertaining region just because there's a big question mark on Michigan with yeah. Livers, uh, one of their best players, potentially being out. We don't know how long he's out for. Um, but if he misses opening weekend, I think they might be okay. Um, I don't see them getting, being a 116 upset. Um, but who same bon- I really like bon- the same Bonnie's uh, same Bonaventure Bonnie's in um in that nine one matchup. And if they survive that, I think, and they don't have livers back for the second weekend, I think it's kind of like a, a GG's. I think it's done. I don't think they're gonna go past Ooh. that if, if they have livers gone still, because that's one of like that's isn't, someone. Isn't it still the first weekend though? The round of thirty two. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm talking about Sweet Sixteen. I'm talking about Sweet Sixteen. Oh, you're already the- counting Michigan out. No, no, I'm saying if Michigan makes a pass uh, St. Bonaventure oh. then they're, they're, and Livers doesn't come back by the second weekend in the Sweet 16, I don't think they're going to make it farther than that, is what I was saying. Florida State could be looming. That would be a tough game for Michigan. Yeah. Or is it, sorry, not second weekend. It would be second part of the weekend, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, they're the first two rounds in the first weekend. What yeah, do you mean first round? No. is the second weekend. 16, right. Second weekend, yeah, yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was sucking myself out there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think that's where kind of I have my this 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 region's up for anyone because I don't with the big question mark of Michigan and them being the one seed, I think it's kind of up for grass, especially if you don't even count the Georgetown upset that a lot of people are calling them being red hot coming into it and Colorado being a little bit stagnant. Um, I think Florida State is definitely a team, um, which I think the ACC was a little bit disrespected in in um I know they had seven teams, but the highest seeds are Florida State and Virginia, both four yeah. seeds. So I think they were a little bit disrespected. So I think um, having Florida State as a four seed is pretty dangerous. Um, that Georgetown-Florida State, if that comes to fruition, is going to be a pretty, pretty uh, deadly matchup. And that's going to be a really good game. Um, and then you have BYU, who's definitely, in my opinion, pretty overseeded. Um, yeah. I don't think they should succeed. Um, and then you have that Michigan State-UCLA. I think this looks pretty good for Michigan State. Um, just like the first two games, they beat UCLA. They'll come in um, playing a game already against a BYU team like like that we agreed that's pretty overseeded. So I think that's looking pretty nice for them. Um, and then you have Texas team who just came off a Big Twelve uh, conference win. And it's funny because I looked at this um, I looked at this region and Michigan. If they want to go through this region, they're going to have to go through two um, basically um, conference winners. In, in like a power five, like power six conference, you have Florida State who won the ACC, you have Texas who won the Big Twelve, and you have Alabama who won the SEC. So yeah. like you're, you're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to be like two of those probably. So that's pretty. That's a that's a pretty tough ask. So that's why I think this is the most exciting region where anything can happen. You have UConn who's used, like Liam said, is a team that's always upsetting people, like people's brackets. Um, so you have them. You have like a Texas, like you said, really good. You have a Michigan State who's been a really good team. So I'm surprised they're even in a playing game. Um, probably because they've been hit by COVID, so they didn't play that many games. But yeah, there's a lot of great stories here. And like you said, Rick Pitino, um, there's one coach that can make an, uh, a really good upset or a really big splash in the tournament. It could be him. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think this region's going to be super exciting, and I cannot wait to watch this one. How about you, Andres? Yeah, I'm with you guys as well. I got um, 
a couple upsets that I have already. And a lot of them that I haven't even filled yet because I'm still thinking of what I'm going to take. Um, you guys did say you guys over, like, I agree with you on the BYU call. I think that was their, they were um, overseeded. Um, but I, I was watching the Gonzaga BYU final. And I do, I don't, I don't know, they, BYU kept up with Gonzaga until like four minutes left and then Gonzaga pulled yeah. away. But they were looking pretty good in that game. And um, I don't think it's as easy as a blowout as you might think it is if if Michigan State comes out of that playing game. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a lock that one of those goes beats BYU because they, they do have, uh, the, the only the only problem is they're big men. They don't have much of a much of a touch around the rim, but they're, they're great defensively. And I don't know. I, I, I'm still debating on who I'm going to pick between B, BYU and Michigan State, say Michigan State, BCU, so to go through. So I don't really have quite an upset there, but um, I do have Georgetown, uh, Red Hot Fire, Georgetown going through until it's in my G16. And I've seen Bonaventure. I was debating putting them over Michigan, to be honest. But I don't know mm-hmm. if I can I can do that. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be tough for me for this one uh, to pick. But I have Georgetown as probably my, my sleeper to make it out of there. They're going to have a tough, tough matchup against Michigan if Michigan gets out of that. But I don't know. I just like Georgetown. I like having hot teams coming in and surprising uh, other teams. So that's what I have. And then I have Texas in my final four just because um, Texas is uh, – I have had them since like the, since January that Texas was going to be my NCAA team, and I'm sticking with them. Backcourt, that's unreal. Experience, a freshman that's going to probably go to top 10 in the draft, and a great coach. So I think they have all – the stars are aligning for Texas, in my opinion, to make a they final played four great. push. They played great in the final against OK State. Yeah, yeah. they did. Coleman, what do you have? 30 points. Sims yeah, is a yeah. monster. Matt Coleman. Um, yeah. Greg Brown. Yeah. 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 Texas and is, a lot of, is dangerous. A, a, lot of, a lot of senior players, too. Tony Ramney. Yeah, they're backwards. Yeah, so, they so, play three guards, too. Which, which guard play in the NCAA tournament's huge. And the front court is super athletic and and is fast. So I definitely like like I said, I like I like Texas as being one of the the teams to kind of come out of this. Um in my I guess this kind of transitions to who your final four picks be. Mine I had in my initial bracket right now is I have Texas in my final four. How about you, Andres? I have Texas as well. Liam? Uh I've got Michigan. I know Michigan? that Fair. yeah, people are kind of jumping off them a little bit, but I still think the body of work over the season was fantastic. And uh, I'm not Michigan for a little bit too. I'll side with Uncle Dev. Um, they're my <laughs> they're my they're my favorite to uh to I guess make it or my uh yeah my my strong pick. And then I'm gonna go with Michigan State as my uh, sleeper pick. Uh, be fun to have, see another double digit seed in the Final Four like uh, Loy Shy. So. Let's go. Uh, let's go with the Michigan teams. As a uh, as my nice. strong and underdog. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like those. There's a lot of potential underdogs here, like I said. But I, I kind of want to go to my the marquee matchup. Like, what are these these eight nine games are like really good. Usually, like you get a nine. Like, I don't really like the Oklahoma Missouri. I don't really think that's a really good eight nine matchup. Uh, but like you look at like the North Carolina Wisconsin, and now you have LSU St. Bonaventure. I think those are re- both really good eight nine games. Um, and like I, for me, it's like a toss-up. Who's going to win? Like, I think it's a 50-50 toss-up um, in LSU St. Bonaventure. I really like St. Bonaventure as one of the teams you don't look at a lot throughout the season until it gets closer to March and you think, wow, this is a really good team. And then LSU, you can't look past the fact that what they did in the SEC tournament um, coming up just short um, to Alabama. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a, those are both 
teams that are really good and could definitely give Michigan a scare without livers. Um, so I, re- I really like that. And if I had to pick a team to maybe make a run and upset someone, I could make maybe put UConn uh, going to the Sweet 16, uh, beating Alabama. Um, or I could even go to the, to the way of Georgetown going to um, the Sweet 16 as well. They've been really good and, and playing some inspiring basketball. So those would be maybe my two picks um, to going to a little bit further into the tournament. All right. So, yeah. So now I think we'll move on to the, the Midwest. Um, Andres, I don't know if you want to go through the teams. Can you, I don't know Liam, if you can match. Let's give Liam a go. You want to give uh, Liam a go again? He's bringing the energy. I guess he, he might, he already started it in the last one. So you might as well continue. Yeah, might as well finish it. All right. Go ahead, Liam. Go, I mean, sorry. Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead and finish this region. The Midwest region, the fighting Illini of Illinois have been on a tear. Potential player of the year, Io DeSunmu, leads them up against number 16 seed, Drexel Dragons. Don't know much about them, but that's a cool name. Cool name <laughs> <Drexel Dragons. laughs> um, Sister Jean in Loyola, Chicago, dancing again. Let's uh, go. For the first time since 2018 when they captured a nation's hearts in their romp to the Final Four, going up against Georgia Tech. Fresh off an ACC title win, led by seniors Moses Wright and uh, Jose Alvarado. That's going to be a great matchup. Tennessee Volunteers up and down season continues and ends with a five seed playing another hot team, Oregon State, who uh, stole a bid by punching their ticket a couple nights ago when they uh, or last night when they won the Pac-12 tournament. That could be a fun 5-12 as well. Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham. Uh, all eyes will be on him as he takes on Liberty Flames. That should be a good game as well. Liberty making noise as a as a mid-major, so that'll be fun as well. San Diego State Aztecs had an awesome team last year. Missed out on their chance to uh, to potentially go to a Final Four for the first time in program history. They're up against perennial bubble boys, Syracuse, and what promises to be a great 6-11 matchup. Bob Huggins is West Virginia. Up against Morgan, uh, Moorhead State, West Virginia will be looking to go back to the Final Four. They're a strong three seed. Clemson Tigers, I think a little bit overseeded, not too impressed by them. Rutgers Knights, I don't really like either of these teams to go very far, but that's just me. Uh, and then Houston Cougars romped through the the eight the athletic American Athletic Conference tournament up against a Cleveland State team that we don't know too much about. I like Houston obviously in that first one. And uh, I think Houston is a strong team in this region. Back to you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Back Greg. To- Thanks. All right. So that was um, very well said. I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't we introduce this region any better. We should have had you doing this whole time. Um, this, time. this region, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it. To, I'll give it to Andres to kind of give us a, your first reaction to, to this region and give us your thoughts of any upsets or anything like that. So first reaction was I think everyone went to to that eight, for me anyways went to that eight nine game that yeah, level Chicago Georgia great. Tech games another one yeah and I'm looking forward to seeing who comes out of that um I do have Georgia Tech going through just because I rode them out for my my uh, ACC pick as well for the conference journey and they did me nice so I'm gonna ride them out for that one <laughs> another um one was. I think Tennessee was was rated higher than I thought they were supposed to be. They did not look; they're not looking great in the SEC. But I think that's a potential upset as well for Oregon State because they're coming in hot as well. I feel like there's a lot of teams that are like questionable through their conference journey, and they're playing red hot teams coming in. So it's going to be something to look out for um, when picking your brackets. Um, other than that, the Rutgers, like 
like Greg said, Rutgers and Clemson looks awful. Um, could be a good game, but I just like don't like any of those teams moving on farther than yeah uh, the round of 32. Um, so my initial thoughts is it's good. They're going to be some good matchups, but you might not see too many upsets um, right off the bat. Right. Yeah, I think I definitely think um, I think there's a few, a couple upsets that are could be on people's radars, like the Syracuse San Diego State one. Definitely an upset if you want to choose if you have faith in West Virginia. Um, kind of just choose that upset. You don't lose that many points if you think West Virginia is going to go farther as a three seed. Um, but I think that's going to be a good matchup. I, I really like San Diego State as well. Um, but it's just going to be um, it's going to be a really close game. I like that one. That could be a potential upset. Rutgers, Clemson. I have Rutgers over Clemson. I think Clemson's um, overseeded to like what Liam said. Um, I don't think any team's going to do any other damage other than just that first round game. So I would choose Rutgers as an upset there. Um, Oregon State, Tennessee. I don't really see it, but it it could be a possibility. Uh, Tennessee's been pretty inconsistent, um, but they're when they've been good, they've been really good, which kind of makes me feel really bad for Oklahoma State because I really like Liberty. Um, I think Liberty's a really good 13 seed against any other four seed. I would probably think they might take it, but Oklahoma State's been so hot coming in when you have one of the best players in the country, and and I know it's a very young team, but just. Um, players are empowered to play the basketball the way they want to by a superstar. And Kate Cunningham, I think that's like a really good recipe. So whether they play Tennessee, Oregon State, Liberty, whoever they have up against them, I think uh, they're going to make some noise. And I think they're pretty poised to make a, a, a decent run here. Unfortunately, they're going to have to probably play against Illinois, which um, I don't think that's going to end well for them. But who knows? What are, what are your thoughts, Liam? So this Oklahoma State... Liberty 413 matchup is really interesting to me. This reminds me of three years ago when Arizona, led by DeAndre Ayton, played number 13 Buffalo. Uh, and I think this remind this is really reminiscent of that. Everyone and their dog was on Arizona. I had them to the final mm-hmm. four that year. They have DeAndre Ayton, who was the first overall pick. Oklahoma State has Cade Cunningham, who's probably going to be the first overall pick. They were coming into the tournament on fire. They had just won the Pac-12. Oregon State didn't win the Big 12 tournament, but they made it to the final as a five seed and uh, and looked really good doing it and beating Baylor. Uh, and no one really knew much about Buffalo, but they were a strong team. And Buffalo didn't just beat Arizona that year in the 13-4 matchup. They destroyed them. And uh, I think this could, have, this could have the potential to be very similar. And everyone's going to be on Oklahoma State, probably have them going far. Cade Cunningham hype. Um, but Liberty's a strong team. And I think this could be maybe the, the upset that no one predicts that that possibly does happen. Yeah, it, could, it definitely could be. It's it's uh, Liberty's a really good 13 seed. I mm-hmm. like that. I think the, the situation is a bit different if I have to say it's a pushback because uh, the the Big 12 was a really good conference and the kind of Oklahoma State showed them showed like their kind of chops there. So maybe it's a little different from like DeAndre and into the Arizona team. But I definitely agree that a lot of people and their mothers are going to be on Oklahoma State. So maybe if you want to look for an upset to kind of push you forward towards the brackets, I think that could be a de- definitely a sexy pick for sure. A lot but of I think Oklahoma State, dogs. honestly, think... Yeah, <laughs> and dog, a lot yeah. of people and their mothers. So you can be on this with yeah. your mother and your dog on this yeah. uh, on Oklahoma State. And, and you will probably be wrong, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you dragged your mother and your dog. And your dog, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, I think Oklahoma State got kind of shafted here, but... That's the way it goes sometimes. Um, so yeah, so who's everyone's final four pick here? 
Um, I got I got actually Houston in my final four. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, I think I went a little bit different just because my top half of the Midwest is a little bit dicey. I do like rate Illinois a lot just because how they've been playing. Um, just looking back in January, they're like not they were barely ranked, and to where like to where they coming now, it's um it's ridiculous. So I do like Illinois. But I'm really tempted to take this Georgia Tech over Illinois matchup in the next round. I do have faith in Georgia Tech. And I don't know. It's, it's, I'm playing the game of where, like, if I'm, gonna, if I'm questioning Illinois back already in the round of 32, I have Oklahoma State going to the um, Sweet 16. So I'm like, should I just make the upset there and just have Oklahoma State going to the Elite Eight anyways like I planned? Or mm-hmm. do I just take Illinois anyway and just try to get some points there? Um, so I'm still caught up in that, um, but I guess you already know that I don't really, I'm not having Illinois in my in my elite eight. Um, so that leaves Oklahoma State and Houston, and then I was tossing between those two, but uh, faith in Quentin Grimes to kind of lead that team, and it could be Houston's time to make a Final Four, and I think, um, yeah, I think it might be this year. Fair. How about you, Liam? I like Dre's pick. Yeah. I think pick. Houston is is a good one. I'm going to go off. I, I think Houston's a really good pick. I might have them in my bracket, but for the sake of variety on this podcast, I'm going to go off the off the beaten path a little bit and go with Tennessee, the Volunteers. Interesting. Yeah, they've not inspired a ton of confidence during the regular season, guys. But this, <laughs> they have not. I know I'm, I'm drawing a lot of parallels to seasons past. This five seed kind of reminds me a little bit of Auburn of two years ago, who almost went to the Final Four with Jared Harper. Okay. Um, and uh, and that team was not good in the SEC regular season, really relative to expectation for a for a team that eventually went on to the Elite Eight. Tennessee's got a ton of talent. Preseason they were ranked quite high. They got some solid upperclassmen, Eves Pons, John Fulkerson, and uh, yeah, I say uh, let's get Fulked up and take Tennessee to the Final Four. <laughs> let's go! I like Damn, that. I like a bold it. Pick. That's All a right. bold pick. That's a bold take. Yeah, for me, I had I have Illinois. Um, as you can saw in the championship challenge that we put together, um, I love Illinois. Had them to, pay, to win the Big Ten. Um, it was a clear, it was clear favorite for me. And I think, although this is going to be a really tricky region, I don't think they're going to be like sweeping teams by any means. Like Andre said, that any anyone who comes out of Iola Tech, Georgia, Iola, Chicago, Georgia Tech game is going to give Illinois like a, a run for their money. Um, and then even then, you have the winner of Oklahoma State, Tennessee, yeah, possibly or path. Liberty. That sucks path. as well. And then you have either like Houston, San Diego State, West Virginia, and that sucks as well. So I think it's going to be, this is going to be a pretty, a really tough region to come out of. And as you see, like all three of us have different teams um, coming out of it. So I, I it's, t- it's tough to think that any, there's any guarantee here. I think these bottom two regions are really tough, but I have Illinois, the, the fighting Illini. And um, yeah, you can't, you just, I can't doubt um, Ayo Desumu, uh, Kofi Coburn, and Trent Frazier, um, the, and Andre uh, Curbelo. I think they have a really good team, um, two really good players in college basketball, and they're pretty dominant. So I just, I just can't go against them. And uh, yeah, I have Illinois going to my Final Four. So Liam, are you going to pick Tennessee to go in, in, um, to Elite Eight at least in your bracket? Yeah, 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 I will. Uh, as of right now, yeah, things could change, but I think <laughs> I do like... I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to take Liberty over to Oklahoma State as much as I want to. Um, but I will have Tennessee. The 8-9 is going to be really good, guys. And I think I agree with yeah. you today. I think one of those teams could put up a fight against Illinois. So, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with Tennessee going through there. And then um, 
yeah, I like Houston as well. I'll probably go with them to ultimately be Final Four, but there's a lot of good teams in this region, man. This region's wide open. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. A really fun one. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like, I kind of just want to go into like a, a bird's eye view of the whole bracket. And I kind of want to just go through those like marquee seed matchups. So like the 7-10, 6-11, 5-12. And like, they just go through them as a whole and kind of just give our taste. Because those are like the ones that are the sexiest for upsets, right? The 7-10, 6-11, 5-12. Those are the ones where people love to pick the upsets on and get the most value out of them. Um, so let's just go through the 7-10s. So for example, you have UConn versus Maryland. In the um, uh, which one? That's the east, the east region, right? Yeah. So let's go. So you got UConn, Maryland. You have Oregon, VCU, which that one's in the west region. You'll have uh, Clemson, Rutgers, which is in the Midwest region, and then you'll have Florida versus Virginia Tech in the uh, south region. So, what do you guys think of this? Those matchups and historically, I just want to add the seven versus ten team. The seven seed has won ninety nine to sixty five all time. So that's actually not that. Not that big of a difference. Only like around 30 wins all time just from the difference between a 7 and a 10 seed. So what do you guys think of those four and who do you think maybe have the best chance of maybe causing that upset? I was thinking, I was just literally just looking at the 7-10 seven, seven, matches. I'm like, all these 8-9 matchups, they could be rated higher than these 7 seeds. Yeah. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just looking at it right now. I'm like, I don't know how yeah. they put these rankings together this year. Yeah. But. Except for maybe Oregon. Yeah. I like Oregon. But. Uh, the biggest for cause for an upset, I'm probably just going to go Rutgers-Clemson. I mean, it's nothing out of the ordinary, and we I think we all called this might be an ma- upset anyways. Uh, that's my biggest one. UConn looking good, and not putting them, not putting Maryland over them. Oregon, VCU could be, just because VCU has been in, in the tourney, I know they don't have Shaq Smart, but they um, pose the biggest threat, I think, as a 10 seed other than Rutgers, just because we think Clemson is really overseeded. Um so, yeah, I think VCU is the strongest 10 seed, but Oregon's the strongest 7 seed. So that could be a good matchup there. Mm-hmm. How about you, Liam? What do you think? I'm looking at Virginia Tech as, I think, the strongest 10 seed with a, with a shout yeah. to, make, uh, to, to win their first-round matchup. I think Virginia Tech, Florida, both pretty even teams, to be honest. I don't think much separates them. Um, yeah, so not too much. I don't, I don't think Virginia Tech is a super exciting team, but... Uh, play responsible defensively and ACC wasn't great, but they were still up there. Like they, they gave every team a good game in the big 10, sorry, in the ACC and, and uh, you know, weren't getting blown out Florida a little more up down. So I'm going to go with, uh, I think a little bit more reliable team in Virginia tech. Nice. I I like that. Um, Yeah. I I definitely have the, um, the the Hokies uh, beating uh, Florida in that 10-7 matchup, and I have Rutgers beating Clemson as well. I do put respect on uh, UConn and Oregon, so I, ha- I like them as a 7-10, um, as a 7 seed in that matchup, but I agree with you guys. Our Rutgers and Virginia Tech looks pretty pretty sexy for an upset pick, um, if I had to look at first glance. Um, and and, like kind of tr- and also going to like the 6-11, so all time, the 6 versus 11s, uh, the 6 seed has won 102 to the 11-58, and, um, and I have the... Uh, and in the West, there's the 6-11 is USC and then the winner of Wichita State and Drake. Um, in the South, you have uh, Texas Tech and Utah State. And in the Midwest, you have um, San Diego State and Syracuse. And then in the East, you have um, BYU and the winner of Michigan State and UCLA. I know we touched upon a couple of them, but what do you guys think? Um, and and there's kind of, uh, what do you guys think of that those matchups? And also like another fun fact is that 
um, since the, since 2013, the 11 and 6 seeds have been completely even in terms of winning. Ooh. So in, in the past, like around eight years, eight nine Let's years, they have been completely even. So I don't know it's kind of dodgy, but uh, I definitely had some things I wanted to look forward to in, in these matchups. But I just want to see what you guys thought of these specific 11 versus 6 seeds. So the easiest one for me to shout at, like for no upset, would be Texas Tech. I think I don't think Utah State poses much of a threat. Uh, I mentioned before the USC which Wichita State Drake uh, matchup that could be dicey for USC. They haven't looked strong near the end of the season, and they're really re- heavily reliant on Evan Mobley to to carry that team. He won like Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. So I think if if Mobley's not on point, and you know these one and dones and the march is huge, so um, that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest threat for me. San Diego State, Syracuse, obviously Syracuse with their history um, can cause a problem. But um, the BYU, MSU, as I said, uh, it could be closer than you guys think. But I think, I think the bigger one, the bigger matchup is USC, Wichita State, or Drake matchup for me. That, that's going to be like a buzzer beater game, in my opinion. Okay, okay. How about how about you, Liam? What are your thoughts? Um, I like that, Dre. I, I do think USC might be a little bit overseeded, but I'm going to say my strongest 11 seed is hopefully Michigan State wins that play-in game. I think it would be best for the tournament if, to see them in it. And uh, I know we kind of spoke a little bit earlier, but I I would I think if Michigan State wins that game, it's like a warm-up game. I think BYU is uh, pooping their pants at the prospect of having to play them. So I'm gonna, I, I think they're my strongest 11 seed. Fair, yeah. I have to I have to agree with Liam's sentiments that it's um uh, that it's uh, Liam uh, Liam's sentiments that it's a uh, Michigan State if they make it through. Um, I think BYU's heavily overseeded. I do like San Diego State um, and Texas Tech, although I think Syracuse is definitely a really good 11 seed. But I think Texas Tech is a little bit of a lock um, in winning that game. But like it's like nothing's a lock in March. But, but I'd really like Texas Tech. And then the I think I agree with honors with Wichita State and Drake. I don't, although I didn't really rate Wichita State's resume, even though them being in a, a little bit of a tough conference, um, I just don't really think they have that many quality wins to beat a USC. But who knows? Maybe if Drake squeaks through, um, they could give a, a good matchup. So I think looking towards more Michigan State to make maybe make that upset in the 11-6. Um, and then going over to the 5-12s, um, in all, all time, the 5s have won 107 to the 12 53, which is not much of a difference to the all time for 6 11, but we do have some very interesting matchups in the five, uh, the five 12 games, and that's Creighton UCSB in the West region. You have Villanova versus Winthrop in the South region. Uh, you have uh, Tennessee or, uh, versus Oregon State in the Midwest region, and then you have Colorado versus Georgetown in the East region. Anyway, I know we talked a lot about Georgetown, um, but yeah, what do you, what do you, your thoughts, Andres, on that one, on these five 12s? Uh, when I first looked, I thought I would have way too many 12 seeds winning, which kind of scared <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I might be, I don't know, I might be comfortable with that. The only five seed I have winning right now is Creighton. I do think Winthrop's going to be Villanova just because of that injury, which is devastating for the Wildcats. I do have Oregon State beating Tennessee. And I do have, uh, what was the last one? Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown beating Colorado. Uh, so the guys, I had them as my sleeper as well. So, yeah, that's, that's where my head's at. I might have to reevaluate just strictly on statistical numbers that you mentioned, but I don't think it might. It's, I don't think it's going to change too much come come Friday. 
Fair, fair. How about you, Liam? What do you yeah, think? I, uh, I understand why you'd go with Georgetown and Oregon State. Hot teams coming, like, bid-stealing. Two bid-stealers that won their com- yeah. major major conference tournaments. But I think we got to remember those two teams, for the most part, were garbage for most of the year, right? Yeah. Oregon State yeah. and Georgetown. So, yeah. I would say I would a word of caution to not be too, too hyped up over them. Um, I do think Georgetown would be a better pick over than rather than Oregon State. Um, so my 12 seed that I like the most is Winthrop. I think they're the best 12 seed and they're playing the most vulnerable five seed with Villanova's injuries. So yeah, I, I agree. That's the one I'd highlight if you're looking for a 12 over five, which March Madness rules, you got to pick at least one 12 over five. <laughs> that's very yeah. true. Very true. Um, it's funny because like the, the 12 seeds are probably like the hottest, some of the hottest teams coming into a tournament, right? With Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State and Winthrop, so I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like those two. Um, but yeah, those are definitely interesting. I kind of have to go with the Winthrop pick just because of Villanova. Actually, uh, yeah, I would say even amount Winthrop pick and Georgetown because of Villanova's injury, and also Colorado's like been a little bit stagnant and Georgetown's being really hot. So if I had to pick, I'd pick one of those two to be one of the upsets. But those are kind of just like the aerial view kind of key seed matchups that people love to pick. So just a little context for, for the listeners out there, if they ever want maybe an upset, um, just maybe throwing in there just to kind of spice things up a little bit. Um, if you don't have a bracket that w- without upsets, then you're doing this wrong. Um, I guess that's one, one, one piece of advice for everyone. So um, yeah, no, I think that, that kind of for the most part wraps kind of most of the bracket and initial takes from our side um, what we saw with the with the picks. Um, do you want to, Liam? Do you want to just talk, t- talk about quickly who was snubbed, and do you think they should have been snubbed? Just who's outside that 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 first four, and maybe even a little bit further than that. Like, who do you think should deserve to be in it? If you had to pick one team, who do you think deserve to be in it? Um. Well, I thought <laughs> this is funny for me because obviously as a Kentucky fan, Louisville are uh, are the is the rivalry team, and on CBS you had the Kentucky athletic director who's part of the selection committee explaining on to everyone and all the angry Louisville fans at home watching <laughs> their team getting, didn't get in saying, well, you guys had the whole season to build up a body of work impressive enough to get in. So the Louisville fans are going to be pissed seeing who's saying that and hearing that from, uh, from their rivals. So I think they got snubbed for sure. Um, yeah. the other, t- I wasn't super surprised to see, uh, to see teams like Colorado State, St. Louis on the outside. I thought Ole Miss would have been fun to have in the tournament. Devontae Schuler, uh, their their uh, their leading man there was uh, was super fun throughout the SEC, and they take some big t- some big scallops in the SEC. So I think they would have been fun. So I would say Louisville and Ole Miss would uh, probably feel hard done by, and would have been fun inclusions. But um, I don't know. I kind of I kind of agree that if you're on the bubble and you kind of find yourself on the outside, like you can't really blame others too, too much because it is kind of on you. Right. Yeah. I do like how they have, uh, I do like how they have like, as the, (laughs) um, the, the standby list, like, Oh, but you guys are on standby. It's kind of like, you know, when you do the high school play and uh, you're like, yeah, I got a part in the high school play. Yeah, and mom and dad are excited, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm understudy number three for the tree in the background." <laughs> yeah, it's so like true. For, for it's so, imagine yeah. like just the anticipation, like just 
like it's it's a bad in sports because you're kind of hoping teams like at this point like get sick or get in, like really injured. That's essentially what you're doing. Like you're hoping a spot opens yeah. up for you. As bad yeah. as it sounds, um, but the, the, I guess the tournament, the committee has to do this because you need you never know with what COVID can bring. We already had three teams like buy out of conference tournaments, uh, but with the regulations, it doesn't seem like any of them are going to drop out. Like Daniel mentioned prior, you only need five players to play, and I'm sure you're going to play regardless. So it is tough. Uh, they'll probably be waiting till Tuesday because you have to decide by Tuesday, like 6 p.m., if you're going to enter the tournament or not. So it's going to be like, what, what do you do? Like, do you practice? Do you like, do you not practice? Do you, I don't know. It's going to be tough for these programs to decide what their schedule is going to be next two days. Yeah. You wrap everyone up in bubble wrap and say, do not move for the next four days and make sure they don't get COVID, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And one other big difference with this year's March Madness is that there's no, there's going to be like no, you know, a lot of times, depending on what region you're in is a big factor because your fans can travel to you to watch you play. Um, there's going to be none of that this year because everything's be- being played in uh, Indianapolis uh, for the most part, other than the, ba- the playing games. Um, so I think, I don't think home court advantage is a really big difference as it was in the years past where sometimes you get, you'd be playing close to, for example, Kansas, if your region was there and stuff like that. And those are big factors that the committee had taken into place, but this time they don't, the regions don't mean anything that you're in other than who you play. So um, I think that's a big difference with this year's uh, this year's tournament. But if I did have to pick one team that kind of didn't make it, I would want to say the Memphis Tigers. Um, I was kind of rooting for them in the AEC. Um, I really liked them. That that last second kind of buzzer beater that, that uh, Houston made and that I miss was kind of devastating because that was basically, if they beat Houston, I think that would have been the ticket punch. I think they would have been be Cincinnati yeah. and they could have made it in. So, true. so that was pretty devastating to kind of let that slip through their fingers. Um, I think they had a pretty solid team. Um, Landers Noli, the second and uh, DeAndre Williams. I think they, they definitely uh, deserve to make a run um, in the tournament, but unfortunately uh, they didn't make it, but that's maybe one team I think that got snubbed. I think Wichita State, I know they're in the same conference, but I don't know. I just really didn't really, I guess if Wichita State didn't make it, Memphis didn't deserve to make it either unless they won. So, hey, Memphis, um, but yeah, no. Memphis had two super close games against Houston, eh? With the, the yeah. buzzer beater a couple weeks ago in the last game of the regular season and the conference tournament lost by two. Yeah. You got to think if they win one of those games, they're probably in, right? Yeah, I think so too. That win on the yeah. resume. So that sucks for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how March Madness goes. Um, yeah. Is there any like any closing thoughts for you guys before we uh, move on to our, to our um, bet on yourself? that I want to introduce quickly before um, we begin the week of March Madness. Uh, just, I guess I want to see what you guys think. Who, you, who do you have your overall champ? What's your finals looking like? Yeah, we could take this one first. Uh, I guess by, well, my final four initial thoughts are Gonzaga, Michigan, Texas Tech, and Houston, possibly Tennessee, but we'll say Houston for now. Um, I'd have to look. So I'm going to have Gonzaga. Moving on to the finals, and what would the other side be? It'd be uh, Baylor, Houston, like those one twos, or Illinois, or so for you, it'd be Texas Tech, um, or Houston, I think you said, or Tennessee. So I'll go with Gonzaga over Houston in my uh, in my final. Nice. 
I had I had for mine, I have Baylor and Gonzaga, but unfortunately my Bears fall a little bit short to Gonzaga and I have them uh, Gonzaga winning 74 to 68 in uh in this one. Who uh who else is in your final four? Uh I had Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, and Illinois. Nice. Oh, you have three one seeds, eh? I do have three one seeds, yeah. Lame. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> like uh, Clark, Clark I had, so I'm 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 tough. My initial thoughts is going to be putting Gonzaga to the final. I had that kind of going into this bracket as well. But I don't know, man. I'm really riding Texas right now and seeing how good they were this past week. But I don't know if they have the depth to do it. I'm going to go Gonzaga final versus Baylor. I'm going to have the same final as Daniel. And I'm going to go, I think... This is a match that we we're, I guess, a game that we we're hoping played earlier this year. We've been we waiting for it. it all season. Yeah. Yeah. We've been waiting yeah. for it all season. Would be a and fun I think final. In the, yeah. And I think in the end, the two best teams get there and deservingly. And I think, I no. think Gonzaga wins. They just oh, have three of the top goodness. best players in the nation. And <laughs> I just like, I think, I think they, they win. Like, I was going to say, it's amazing. Have... Like, I was watching that BYU game and, uh, Literally, the freshmen—they're all all American. Friggin' just led the team. Six-four guard, like can't be guarded, and he's just putting up shots from like outside the arc, like no problem going in to, br- to bring back Gonzaga into like the into the final minute, leading by double digits. So I don't know. It was just super impressive to me. I know it's not the Big Twelve, but Gonzaga just like has a better team, and I think they're due for a title. So that's yeah. really my pick. Your hesitation was worrying me there, Dre. I and, uh, <laughs> was going to say, we can't have Dan, huge Baylor fan, be like, oh, I think they come up short. And then you follow up and say, oh, no, I think they win. It would have been, would have been yeah. tough, <laughs> tough to watch on it. I was thinking about yeah. that because if, if you told me before Baylor had the whole COVID thing, if you, at that time, I would have considered it. I would think I might have gave the edge to Baylor, but Baylor hasn't been looking like themselves of late, and they don't have much time to figure it out. So, I mean, I think they do ride it to the finals, but I think Gonzaga is overall the better team right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see because I know we've been um recorded on the pod saying that like all oh, Gonzaga is in a bad conference. Um, they've been running teams like uh, like they do have the best three players and one the three of the best players in like the country. But I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see once they start playing these teams from different conferences, um, seeing what they're made of. I'm not saying that they're not worthy because they have some pre pre regular season games that were they played a lot of really good teams like I mentioned Virginia. Uh, Iowa and Kansas, but it would just be interesting to see because you go from playing in, in, in conference games to the teams that are not ranked in the top 25 at all and not close. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt to the, some of these different playing styles and see what they're made of. I want to see if, are they going to be routing teams like a, maybe a Kansas if they play them or a, uh, a Creighton or a Virginia, like, are they going to be routing them again? I don't know. We'll see, but uh, that's definitely going to be my one thing I want to watch and see if they really proved me wrong and made me look stupid throughout the year for saying that they're not playing good teams or not. And they're not maybe as good as we all think they are. So uh, I'm really interested to see that. First undefeated team to enter the tournament since Kentucky. So um, yeah. I don't know how that went. Should be exciting to see how, how that, how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I think for the most part uh, that will conclude the portion of our um, portion of our Paul talking about the bracket, but I did want to get into our uh, bet on yourself uh, segment sponsored by Fred Van Fleet. 
um, because he was the one that inspired this um, this action for his being underdog uh, mentality, coming through adversity and making it into the NBA. I know we had this uh, uh, segment before, but I wanted to do this on Andrew Jones, who's part of Texas uh, Longhorns basketball program. You guys might might know him because he's one of the key components of their team. Um, You might have heard a story. It was truly inspirational. Um, Back in uh, January 2018, he was actually diagnosed with leukemia. Um, this was a year 2018 that I don't know if you guys remember, but this was when Mo Bamba was on Texas and the year um, they were looking pretty decent as Mo Bamba was projected to be a top five pick. And um, so I think, I think this is, so this is, if you guys recall, this is when it happened um, the day before a game, um, he got diagnosed with it and he found out the news. Um, it was actually really bad because when, when he was um, diagnosed with it, he had a severe lung infection he had pneumonia that filled his fluid up in one lung and he only could basically breathe from one lung. So he was enduring all these issues and he just sometimes couldn't practice, couldn't go through his day. So it was actually pretty devastating. If you guys don't know what leukemia is, um, it's just a bone marrow, a type of bone marrow cancer. And uh, it was devastating to him and his uh, family, but his family didn't really know because they don't live in Texas with them. He go, just goes to school there. So they had to drain around two, two liters of fluid in the hospital for around two months, just so that he can be able to breathe again. Uh, he couldn't do a lot of things himself. Um, and one thing that really kept him going, um, they mentioned in the segment that where I did my research from, is that um, he was motivated by his father to push him through and through um, every challenging day that he had to go through. Um, his dad was paralyzed from the waist down. So every time he was not motivated to do anything, um, his dad would push him to be able to um, get things done, like sit up in his bed, maybe walk around a little bit, just to kind of improve his state and what the doctors recommended when he didn't feel like doing it. Um, he mentioned that's one of his inspirations throughout the whole process. Um, after, um, after that and all those like um, rehabilitation to be able to kind of get, get back to himself in, in the slightest way possible. Um, he, while he was in the hospital, he actually did. Um, we're, we're trying to work on his game. Uh, they showed pictures of him kind of trying to dribble a basketball while he was in his gown. And um, while he's doing chemo as well, he just, dribbling the ball going around chairs and stuff doing as much as he can just because he loved the game of basketball so much and in the august of that same year um he moved back into the campus i'm still not 100 percent, but moved back to kind of try to um go through the the movements again of being part of the team um he was okay enough to to be able to go back and in november um he was back on the court with this team to open the season in november of 2018 uh, he played one game only played nine minutes but scored his first bucket and but then just before that, um, just for after that, he had to do another round of chemo in December of 2018. Um, a year later, around November 5th um, in 2019, he uh, he redshirted as a sophomore because there was a special exception from um, when you're um, when you have a medical um, kind of uh, reason, you can register for a whole year. So he came back from a redshirt as a sophomore and he debuted and scored 20 points against Northern uh, Colorado. And then after that, kind of the history wrote it itself. Um, you saw that the the games in um, against West Virginia and I think it was Texas Tech where he like scored the game winners, average over twenty points each game, and basically he's like back in full form. He's playing in the tournament and he's trying to help lead the Texas Longhorns to a basically a Final Four in a championship. So that's kind of the better than yourself um, segment I had um, for Andrew Jones from Texas. Remarkable so story. I know it's truly, truly an inspiration, and yeah. I want to do this earlier. But um, we didn't get around to it. But I'm happy we could finally do it now with Texas winning the Big 12 uh, championship. Exactly. Right. So, hey, man. Uh, we're gonna see, truly we're gonna inspirational. See one of those uh, 
one of those Instagram videos soon where it's like the heartwarming video of him going through the the treatment and walk in the hospital gown and stuff all the way to, you know, dropping 20 in the big 12. Yeah. Uh, keep a lookout for that. Videos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Keep a lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Those videos are the best. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh yeah, it's truly inspirational and I can't, I can't wait for, for everyone to see. I'm sure they'll do a debut like Liam's a debut special on that. So I can't wait. I can't wait to see Texas and see what they do. And Shaka Smart was there the whole way for him. So um, he's a great coach, a great person. And yeah, just happy to see him back in the court, playing good basketball, living his dream. So agreed. Yeah. But um, yeah, that kind of finishes our pod for today. It was kind of a emergency, I guess, reaction to the bracket. Hope you guys took something out of it. Um, like we said, we're going to have the bracket should be out now. So feel free to start filling it in. We'll have more news on basically the updates of the prizes. Um, any other kind of relevant information you guys need for the, for the challenge. Um, we'll give you updates on who we think maybe any like updates on like the, um, the COVID 19 tests and stuff like that. Um, any restrictions from after Tuesday's deadline. Um, we'll let you guys all know if there's anything important, but for the most part, good luck. Try not to use your whole brain to choose uh, these teams, because if you do, you probably yeah. get it wrong as we've done in the past. Random Go with your gut for the most part. Yes. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, and if there's one guaranteed advice for the new people that don't really know college basketball that well, do not pick a one seed to go in the first round. Cause that's not going to happen. Well, it's only it's happened once anymore. Yeah, so it's, it used yeah, to be it only happened once. Yeah. It only happened once in tournament history. So it won't probably won't happen in the near future. So don't, please don't do that and ruin your bracket early. But after that, feel free. There's a lot of good matchups, like we said, that eight, nine, but uh, yeah, if that's one advice I would have to say, and that's you most do likely make sure it's Baylor or Michigan so that we can rip on ever <laughs> Dan. Yeah, yeah you, you could do that. Or like Liam said, just get him out, get Baylor a second round. And at least you guys will know that's one less person in the challenge for you guys to win that hundred dollar gift card, because we know Liam's going to have Baylor out. We knew that already. Right. So. We knew that anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks everyone. I uh, really appreciate listening to it. And good luck. Good luck picking your brackets. See ya. Yeah.